The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right. Happy, happy Halloween, Talk is Jericho fans. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Anyone know what that's from? You can tell me on the Twitter. But it is Halloween weekend. How about a little Talk is Jericho paranormal style? How about some ghost stories and supernatural experiences to kick off your haunted weekend? Well, we got it. I got ghost hunter, paranormal investigator Amy Bruni is here, and she's sharing some of her close encounters with the spirit world. This is some spine-chilling, bone-chilling stuff as well. She's got stories about communicating with ghosts, feeling them touch her, and even having them follow her home. She's talking about the cameraman at her show, Ghost Hunters, getting scratched from a ghost. Okay, how about that? She'll even take you on a ghost hunting trip if you want. You can sign up for one of Amy Bruni's Strange Escape Journeys at strange-escapes.com. All right? I've also got Kofi Kingston talking about his own ghost experience. He was on an episode of Amy's former show, Ghost Hunters, on the Sci-Fi Channel, and shares, Kofi tells us, what happened to him on the show. He had goosebumps. When he was telling me what happened, this was for real. Uh, Goosebumps, spooky tales, paranormal activity right here on Talk is Jericho today. You might not want to listen to this episode alone. First, they tried burning me. (laughs) Then, they tried burying me. <laughs> the following program is a podcast one.com production. But I just keep on checking. He's a world champion wrestler, best selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzy. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, starring Chris Jericho. All right, it is the uh, special Halloween edition of Talk is Jericho with a subject we've discussed many times here on the show, ghosts and paranormal creatures and weird stuff. And a expert in weird stuff, here is Amy Bruni. And uh, I'm excited to have you. This is really cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We were uh, connected by the Blue Meanie. Yeah, so funny. It's really odd. There's like a a major paranormal wrestling kind of crossover, (laughs) which is, you wouldn't expect it. But I think there's 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 a paranormal crossover with a lot of people that you wouldn't expect. I know even just from when I do this show, whether it's ghosts or UFOs or cryptozoology or whatever, 
a lot of people really get into into that side of uh, of humanity. It seems. Yeah, I mean, you really have no idea how many people are into the ghost thing, and because they don't talk about it until mm-hmm. they see something like you know a, a ghost show or something, then it kind of brings it out to the forefront. But a lot of people keep it secret. It's a secret hobby. Right. Well, <laughs> but you are out in the open, and you're like sort a sort of a, a ghost hunting expert, I'll say, because you did ghost hunters for seven years. Yeah. And um, so how many episodes is that? I think I was on something like 115 episodes or something. So that's a lot of ghosts. That's a lot. I mean, you think they average two investigations an episode. And, but even before that, I was investigating the paranormal since I was a kid. So I've been at this for a Wait, very so long get, time. How do you get on to Ghost Hunters? Well, in my case, I actually used to produce uh, the guys, the main guys on the show, Jay and Grant. They mm. had a podcast years ago, and I produced their podcast for them. And so that's how I met them. And they eventually asked me to be on the show. And I kept saying no because I had a normal job. I was a project manager and it seemed really irresponsible to like leave that and go chase ghosts for a living but eventually they talked me into it and then i didn't go home for seven yeah, years yeah, it's, kind of like, it's, like, it's like going off to become you know i'm going to be in a rock and roll band or something i'm going off to be a ghost hunter it seems like the uh percentage for success probably wouldn't be that big there's only so many ghost hunters no. out there that are making yeah. ghost hunter money right exactly and i always tell people actually it's kind of like being a rock star but without the sex <laughs> drugs and rock and roll <laughs> so you said you've been you've been into paranormal since you were a kid yeah, since I mean, I started investigating when I was like eight years old with my dad. We lived in a haunted house, and my family is kind of weird and new agey, so they weren't ever afraid of it. They always taught me that ghosts were totally normal, and so I was never raised to be fearful of them. And uh, and so as time went on, it was just kind of a, a hobby, something I did on the weekends. And so, so what do you mean you lived in a haunted house? Like- when I was a kid, we lived in this house in Alameda, California, of all places in the North Bay, and um we just it was this little bungalow and there were a few ghosts there and they were very active and i actually saw a full-bodied apparition when i was little and i told my parents and that's when they really started kind of explaining to me you know what they thought ghosts were oh yeah they knew and the house had a history i mean this guy that we kept seeing in like he was dressed in what looked to be some sort of army uniform uh the owners the previous owners their son had died in world war ii years before so uh, and he had grown up in the house and then there was a little boy who passed away in the house of leukemia and the owner prior to us uh she had passed away in the house an elderly woman so it's almost kind of like a, a cursed house, and a lot of people are dying in this. Yeah, house. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Maybe I just. I just think it had been around for a while, and and they were a big family, and they were still around in town and stuff. So they, you know, they knew things happened there. But strangely enough, we moved out. My aunt ended up buying the house, and nothing happened when she lived there. So it mm. was just like after we left, it just went quiet. So do you think maybe you know talking with, with Zach Baggins on this show? Do you feel like you're maybe a little bit of a conduit for that for that sort of a uh, experience i think that can happen i think that especially someone like me because i am around them so much and it's what i do for a living i can walk into a place and you i'm not like psychic or anything but i can just tell at this point it feels a little bit different and that's when i know there might be something there and i don't know if they sense that openness that maybe i'm more accepting because it's just they're people 
And so no matter who you are, if you feel like somebody is going to be more interested in what you have to say, that's the person you're going to want to talk to. But if somebody's closed off, that's not somebody you're interested in interacting with. So, so you mentioned that, that, that ghosts are people. What do you think are ghosts the souls of the dearly departed? I, I thought that for a long time. But then uh, as I did this more, I, I realized I have no idea what they are because some seem very aware of me and whoever else, while others just keep doing their thing. They're like on a loop. You know, they call them a residual type energy where they're not really acknowledging your existence, but, you know, they walk down the same hallway every day or something. So, but some of them just seem more like you or me they just want to talk they want to be acknowledged they want to get a message across so maybe they are people or maybe it's some sort of thing that's going to be explained by you know quantum physics one day like mm. time time travel or, yeah or i mean we don't know but on the off chance there there are people who want to interact and you know they need help or they're lonely that's where I come in, I guess. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I guess I, I guess what would cause somebody to be a ghost, uh, you know, and, and not just. I mean, if, if 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 everybody was a ghost, we'd have billions of ghosts. Yeah. But what causes like the one out of a billion person or the apparition to yeah. be there? I mean, some people feel like it's unfinished business, you know, but then some people died peacefully and you know it makes no sense why they would still Mm. be around or some you think maybe don't know that they're dead they died tragically and suddenly Uh, so it doesn't seem to fit any formula which makes it really hard to know the answers you know or even uh, try to quantify it in some way because they don't seem to follow a formula but if you think about it neither do people you know we are very emotional beings and uh, we don't always do the exact same thing all the time and we don't always act rationally so I you know, you just, you never know. So are most ghosts just kind of, like you said, you mentioned earlier that the ghost in your house was active. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that they are making themselves known. Either, you know, some of them are definitely a lot stronger than others. You know, some some people will have something strange happen in their house once a month. Others will have something happen, you know, every day like clockwork. Uh, some seem more apt to move things or make noise. Some will talk out loud to you. Some will touch you. Um, it just, it just what depends. What does the touch of a ghost feel like? Just like any other like touch. touch yeah, I mean, it can be anything. Sometimes they will like pull your hair, they'll tug at your clothes. A lot of children, uh, like child ghosts, will actually just tug at your clothes or they'll. I've been hugged by them before, you know, so, so they're. So these are things that you've experienced? Oh, yeah. You've mm-hmm. had your hair tugged by a ghost? Many times, well, yes. In what way? Tell us. Uh, I think that they're just trying to get attention. Um, I've had angry ghosts do it, like they're upset. Uh, you know, I've been scratched, I've been pushed, I. You know, so it just depends on what they're trying to do, because that's kind of like a universal, you know, language of touch. Like I can I can feel that, you know, if they try to talk to me, I might not hear them. But if they can get through to me by touching me and see my instant response, they know that they got a reaction. So. So how did you tell us how you got scratched? I got scratched oh. investigating in a jail. <laughs> I was in a jail. And, and jails are tricky because, you know, you don't want to pass too much judgment on whoever's there. Because especially some of those older jails, you know, people were thrown in jail for owing a dollar fifty in mm-hmm. back taxes. You know, so you don't know who you're dealing with. And uh, But in this case, whatever was there was just... Uh, not really nice and I I wasn't really provoking like I don't want to make them too angry I just kind of was talking to him and he didn't like it I guess and I just got a big scratch right down my arm and uh, 
I mean, it's happened other times, but that's the most the most apparent time for me. And that scratch stayed there for where, weeks. Where was the jail? It was in uh, Florida, Clay County Jail, Florida. So, you, so are you seeing this apparition here? Or are you just talking and then you just feel the scratch? Are you seeing the hand scratch? No, or? I didn't see it. But we heard something drag down the hallway that was very heavy. And then we heard something like make kind of this guttural, like low moaning noise. And it just sounded like it was mad. And that's when I, I started, uh, he had been, this ghost apparently wasn't very nice to people. So, well, I just, I don't remember what I was saying exactly, but something I said did not agree with him. And that's, mm. uh, that's when the scratch happened. But it feels different because it felt almost like a, a burning hot heat, this, this scratch. And um, like I said, it was there for quite a while after I could look at it. It was just right down this arm. It was so strange. Is it kind of scary when that happens? No, because that's the worst. If that's the worst they can do, I'm not really that scared. You know, um, I'm more, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm more afraid of live people. <laughs> you, you know, those, the, they're more unpredictable. <laughs> so, so you mentioned kind of the angry ghosts. Have you ever had any experiences with like what you might say like an evil ghosts or evil spirits, that sort of a vibe? Yeah, they're very, very rare. Um, but like I tell people, because people ask me all the time, you know, they're worried, they're nervous that something is negative or demonic. And I just remind them, like, there are grumpy ghosts out there. Just because someone dies doesn't mean they're going to stop being a jerk, you know? <laughs> so so they uh, can show up and, you know, try to make your life hell and try to scare you, but um, they're not necessarily a demon attached to you for your entire life, that kind of thing. But it does happen. And it's kind of like being struck by lightning. You know, the odds of you being struck by lightning are slim to none, but you're not going to walk out on a golf course and hold your golf club in the air in the middle of a lightning storm, mm -hmm. unless you're like a paranormal investigator walking into places all the time that have this negative type activity. So, but it's rare. I have, I've only seen it on a couple of occasions and these were people that came to me for help. Um, I actually had one recently, just a few nights ago. Um, and I hadn't had one in a long time, but someone called me for help. And these negative entities, they, they get really angry when whoever they're attached to needs help and actually reaches out to someone who can help them. So while I was on the phone with this person, things were happening in my house because it was trying to scare me into not helping them. Why, why? Uh, well, like I had, my daughter was sleeping upstairs. So I'm on the phone with this gentleman and all of a sudden I hear my daughter start crying. And I'd say to him, you know, oh, hold on, my daughter is, has woken up, and she never wakes up. So I run upstairs, and she's fast asleep. And so I go back downstairs, and I start talking to him again. And again, I hear Charlotte start crying. And so I run upstairs, and again, she's fast asleep. And so I just, like, put him on hold, and I just said out loud, I said, look, you're not scaring me, and this isn't going to stop me from trying to help this person. And it stopped, you know. And so, and actually before that, speaking of hair, I felt something grabbing at my hair while I was on the phone with him too. And so I knew that whatever it was, was trying to get a message across to me. I Ultimately, I got him help. I got him connected with the church and everything. So, so just to kind of, I mean, that's absolutely unbelievable. I gave you chills <laughs> with a couple things that you said there. But when you're saying, okay, so let's analyze a couple of things from mm -hmm. a layman's term. When you say that 
you know, I've seen paranormal activity and all these ones where the, the, there's actually an evil entity attached yeah. to the person, not the house, but to the person. Right. So that's a legit thing. Yes, but again, very rare. And that's something, in order for something to attach to you, you have to welcome it in. You have to ask for it at some point. Oh. So most of the people that I have met or, you know, case studies I've read and things, um, these are people who have kind of been at their darkest. It usually happens like people who are victims of abuse, people who uh, are addicted to drugs, people who have been homeless or dabble in like the occult, these kind of things at some point they were approached by this thing and they welcomed it in. So if you're a sound mind and you're a strong person and you're just going about your day to day, a demon's not just going to jump up and decide to latch onto you. Like it, it is a process and it takes a while and a possession takes a while. It, it progresses as it goes. equals possession. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so it, it progresses. Um, thankfully, you know, even in that bad, you know, terrible state, there are people who can help. You know, I'm not a particularly religious person, but the Vatican actually has, uh, you know, an exorcism program, and they um, they will help people of all faiths. You know, if they if there's a diocese who deals with it in your area. So I mean, but again, I always caution people because there are so many symptoms of like actual mental health issues that look a lot like ex, you know, like a possession. So I always tell people, look, you know. In order to be sure, you have to have someone have a full like psychological and medical evaluation, and it's a really complicated thing. It is, like I said, though, very very rare, but it's it's interesting. I love reading up on it. I find it incredibly uh, mm -hmm. interesting to read up on. And well, it happens enough that the, the Vatican actually has you know an exorcism department. Um, yeah, exorcism. right. I know, right? Just call one hundred <laughs> exorcism and <laughs> hope for but the I mean, best. So when you're saying that you have to uh, accept this in, is this like a little thing like? Come in, ghost, or like the old vampire lore where you have to invite him to the house. I guess. Or? I mean, I don't know exactly how it happens. I just know that it's usually an intense wow. personal moment, I imagine. I mean, and, and sometimes they don't even remember doing it. I mean, because they were just so bad so off at some point. And, and, you know, that was their uh, – that's when they pick on those people. That's when they get them. So <sighs> – and then you said, so you're on the phone with this person who mm -hmm. has the attached you know, spirit. And it wasn't even him. It was actually a relative of his. So he was calling for help. And uh, he he was calling me asking for help because his relative never would have called. So, so. it's just, it, it's like traveling down the phone line or just knows yeah, that you're the knows. one that's trying to help them and just like literally like pops in through the wall. Like they it know. They know. And it was funny because I had heard about that happening and uh, when I called my good friend, who's a demonologist, uh, I let him know, you know, that was going on. And he said, yeah, that's, he said, that's actually very common. When he would, he told me when he takes cases and, and phone calls, you know, he's had all the power shut off in his house before while he's taking a call about a negative case. And, you know, he said just things will happen because they know they're trying to get help and they're trying to stop it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's very uh, <laughs> unnerving and unbelievable. For you, you know, it's like there's a guy, we're doing a show right now called Tough Enough, and there's a guy from the bios of Louisiana who will stick his hands in an alligator's mouth and is not scared of an alligator. He plays with alligators. See, me, that, I would run screaming from an alligator. That I'd seems also, irresponsible to me. Well, I'd also run screaming from a ghost. But for you, it's like you're used to it. And it's like you know, like, oh, you know, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Well, it's, it's funny because <laughs> once you get to that mindset that you realize that this is just a person, it completely changes what ghosts are. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, 
Yes, there are negative entities out there, but the majority of things you're going to encounter are just people. And sometimes they really want help or they want company or they want you to talk to them. And so I always try to teach people to not be afraid of them because, you know, what if we end up there someday and what would you want? You know, so I kind of, I tell people jokingly that I'm kind of a ghost therapist, you know, (laughs) so uh, it's an interesting thing to be, I guess. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Amy Bruni, I want you to tell us a little bit from when you were on The Ghost Hunters, and you mentioned you you do two investigations a show, so... How would this work? You guys would kind of be waiting and they'd call you and say, okay, you know, you got one in Kalamazoo and you got one in (laughs) Sheboygan. It was a process. You know, it's you have to kind of vet them out because obviously, especially once the show started getting really big, everyone wanted to be on the show. And so you had to really pick so the cases. Yes. Yeah. And we, we, we had that happen a few times. So it was, you know, people would genuinely want help. And so they would go either through our low, we have a whole, or we had a whole TAPS family network of other teams. So they would kind of check it out first. And then TAPS was the, uh, the team on the show. Yeah. The Atlantic this? Paranormal Society. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So. Uh, so they would, the, the other teams would kind of go and check it out or producers would call and see how active it was, see if it was worthy of, you know, being on the show just because, you know, in order for something to be on TV, it has to kind of be able to hold the whole team and a crew and, um, and be really interesting and look good, obviously. So, uh, it was a process and we would try to do two cases near each other. Uh, that way we would do, you know, spend two weeks in one area at a time and do one case one week and one the next week. And So tell us about some of the, the more incredible cases that you experienced. Uh, I would say my favorite was uh, Waverly Hills in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, that's a tuberculosis hospital. And most paranormal investigators like that is their time. It's like Disneyland. Place, yeah. <laughs> you Every, know? It's like, not, <laughs> yes. like you go there and you're going to see some stuff. Exactly. It, and it, I, the first time I went there, I had an anxiety attack walking through the doors because there's one thing, you know, knowing, and this was before I was even on Ghost Hunters. I used to fly myself all over the country like a crazy person. Just going to, to these, go to the spots. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um uh, I remember walking into this place and you walk down this long hallway and they close the door behind you and you're, you know, you're just pretty much guaranteed to have an experience. And I remember legitimately kind of having an anxiety attack, like what's going to happen? I don't know. What am I going to see? And I've seen everything there. I've seen shadow figures. I've, you know, had footsteps run up behind me. I've been touched there. I had a, uh, I got one of my craziest EVPs there. That's electronic voice phenomena where like you ask questions and they answer on your recorder, even though you don't hear it, it's on, you know, it's recorded. And I played it back and it was just this woman's voice. And she asked, where did I go? And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, this poor woman, like she has no idea what's happened to her. So you, you, you are hearing this plain as day when you play back the recording, yeah. but when you're there, nothing there's nothing no and i it was strange because i remember walking by the room where i got that evp and it just felt different so i went in i was by myself i went in by myself 
and I just started talking to whatever was there. And then when I played it back, that's when I got that EVP. And so I kind of, I regretted not playing it back right then because mm-hmm. I wanted I would have continued talking to her. So now I try to play them back as I go, just in case they are talking. So I'm, you know, they don't ask me some profound question and then I just leave. You know? yeah. So what a snob! I know. So you're saying that she might not have even known that she was dead, or yeah, or, or, or where she was, or who I was, or where I, you know. And so it's, it, you know, who knows? And to think that place, I think they had something like 38,000 people die in that place of tuberculosis. And, you know, how many of them are still there? And uh, I, you know, on the show, we had a great interaction in the nurses' quarters there where the nurses talked to uh, my partner on the show, Adam. They talked to us for hours just using knocks. And uh, I actually got back to my hotel that night or actually at that point it was the morning and I tried to go to sleep and I just heard them start knocking in my room. <laughs> you know, they had followed me back to the hotel. And so you're laughing like it's a, like it's a playful, like puppy, like falling. Like, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Some people worry about that. I don't really worry about it. I felt bad, honestly. That was actually a very emotional uh, episode because uh, they were so desperate to talk and they eventually asked us to pray for them. And so we prayed and that was after that the knocks kind of stopped and then they slowly started coming back and then as we walked down the hall they knocked the whole way down next to us and it was crazy so what kind of questions were you, like was it like you know uh knock once for yes yeah. twice for no that sort of thing yeah and that's actually um one of the oldest you know tricks in the books book as they say because it's just like i said before it's kind of a universal like everyone knows a knock and so, um, you know, you have to be really harsh on it when you do it, you know, to be a realist about your evidence. Because in your, you're in an old building, knocks are going to happen all over the place. But yeah. if you ask a question and it answers immediately, you know, you know, knock once for yes and two for no or something like that. And it keeps answering right when you ask a question. Like, there's something to that. And we had, like I said, hours of interaction that way there. And it, we were the first people to ever investigate that portion. It was the nurses' wing, and they were the nurses. And so why are the nurses still there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just... You ask just all these random. questions. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you asking them? Well, we were asking, you know, uh, were they nurses, you know, trying to figure out uh, where they were in the room. We would ask them to knock where they were and they would respond. We were getting knocks all around us. We asked if they needed help. They said yes. And that's when we asked, you know, do you need us to pray for you? And they said yes. And so it was, you know, and I think we asked, you know, do you feel like you need to stay here? And they said no. And we said uh is something keeping you here? And they said yes. And so mm. makes you wonder. And you can't say like what? Because I know it's, it's just yes or no. So you have to get really inventive. <laughs> so. Do you have? Is there like a set list of questions that you may have just in case, or are you just kind of winging it? Like oh my god, well, we got something here. Yeah, I definitely wing it because um, I always tell people just to just be conversational and. I always walk in, you know, I don't walk into an investigation with my, you know, doom and gloom face on. You're like, do you know you're dead? You know, I don't ask mm-hmm. questions like that. I always walk in smiling and I introduce myself and I just, you know, talk about the place and talk about how, you know, if it is beautiful, you know, and just try to be like really open and see if I get a response and then just carry on a normal conversation because I feel like you know, the happier and brighter you are, the more apt they are to talk to you. Some people go in and they provoke and they're like, you know, come on, you know, and I'm just more of a, Hey, yeah. let's hang out and chat. And <laughs> so, which is probably why they always end up at my house. <laughs> you're, you're like the bartender at the local pub. I guess so. What other spots is there that, that are very high intense, uh, with spiritual activity? Well, you know, I'm, I'm from New England, and so there's lots of places near me. Like what is I, it about New England. 
I don't know. I just maybe because it's one of the oldest parts of the country, mm-hmm. and there's just so much history there. I live very close to the Lizzie Borden House, and so uh, you know I've had a lot of great experiences there. Um, and it, in the house, in the house, is it haunted? Yeah. Oh yeah, the Lizzie oh. Borden House is very haunted by yes. Lizzie herself. I don't think so. This is the weird thing. Everything I've experienced there has been very childlike. And there's actually a story that next door in the house there, a woman threw her children in the cistern. She had like three or four kids. And cistern she, is, is a... It's like something in the basement. I, and this, don't quote me on this, but it's just... Uh, some sort of like maybe water storage or gotcha. something. And right. so she threw her kids down there. One of them lived, but three of them died. And it turned out she was actually a relative of Lizzie Borden. And they found this out because they were trying to figure out if Lizzie Borden was, you know, mentally stable, uh, you know, when they were trying to figure out if she actually committed these murders. And so they dredged up all this history of this neighbor who was actually related to her. So it's just interesting that right next door there was this other very horrific murder that nobody really talks about. But then the ghosts at the Lizzie Borden house seem to be kids a lot of the time. So I don't know if it's those kids or... But yeah, there's a lot of activity there. Um, the Stanley Hotel is one of my favorite places. In Est- that? That's in Estes Park, Colorado. Is that what the uh, what the Shining house is based on? Yeah. The Overlook? Yeah. It's, uh, Stephen King stayed there one winter, I think just for a night. It was he and his wife, and they stayed there, and he had some crazy experiences, and that's when he thought up the story for The Shining. Right, so, which is all one big ghost story. Yeah. 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 And so I go back there at least... Uh, at least once a year. Um, so what, 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 what's happened at the Stanley Hotel? Uh, I've been there when chairs have been thrown in the basement. Um, I've been there when we did get a lot of activity with, we use those spirit boxes up there where things talk through. It's basically just scans through FM stations or AM stations, whatever you pick, and voices will actually come out and talk to you. Really? Yeah, people so, have... Through the radio waves? Yeah, yeah. You um, people have what? No, people have seen apparitions there. Uh, I know when Ghost Hunters was there, uh, Jason had like a, a glass just shattered sitting on his nightstand and so that place is very very active and i feel like people i mean i would want to haunt the stanley it's beautiful <laughs> there's a spa a nice bar <laughs> so do you think ghosts hang out with each other i don't know i hope so otherwise mm. it'd be really lonely but i mean i guess i always think of that some of the places i go i think well i'd want to haunt this place i guess i'd just stick around <laughs> so <laughs> when you say that you know a chair was thrown is this something you're hearing it or are you seeing it that was captured on camera and it was uh in the basement a few years ago doing an event there i also had a table levitate there like we were just sitting at a table and we had our hands on it and it just lifted up and this table was easily a hundred pounds and it just lifted up like an inch or so and slammed back down so Whatever's there is very, very strong. I mean, that, that, that's so amazing. Like, you know, that's something really, like you said, like out of a movie where you're mm-hmm. seeing a chair being thrown or even, even just the scratching still. Like, I wonder if you went to the doctor, like, would it, would it say oh, this has been caused by a human fingernail? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they would probably think so, just looking at it. I mean, I mean, I don't know if they could ever tell, but yeah, I don't know. So bizarre. I mean, when you're filming a show with ghost hunters and you're seeing this stuff and you mentioned okay we're going to go here for two weeks how much time are you spending in a place where nothing happens so much i mean that must be the worst part you know it can get really boring and there's always that time at like three or four in the morning where you're just exhausted and 
and you just, you know, at that point, your mind starts playing tricks on you. I mean, I mean, investigate. People always ask, why do you investigate at night? I mean, the reality is that you can investigate any time of the day. But you know, if activity is happening during the day, uh, you know, you want to investigate during the day. But at night, you investigate because it's quieter. You know, the traffic is less. People are asleep. There's a lot less outside noise. But you're also totally exhausted. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's times if nothing is happening to keep you awake, it can be tough. And 99% of the time, nothing is happening. Ghost hunting is one of the most boring <laughs> hobbies you can have. But when something happens, it makes it all worthwhile. But, you know, I take people on group ghost hunts all the time and investigations. And I'm, I always warn them. I'm like, you know, it's not like TV where we walk in and two minutes later, you know, something <laughs> crazy is happening. You got to give it some patience and give it some time. But I guess it's like, it's like the, the key word is hunting. I mean, or, or watching. You go yeah. whale watching or you go hunting for bears. It's not like you just go and bag three bears in two hours or see 15 whales. Right. It's like you got to wait and kind of see what happens. Exactly. So you, from coming from New England, are you familiar with the Bridgewater Triangle? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I did a, a pilot for that for the history channel that that, that, I'm not sure if they're going to use it or not, but I had never heard of the Bridgewater Mm -hmm. triangle, but going up to the new England area around the Boston, it's like a 120 square mile area where there was like 5,000 deaths in the battle of, I can't remember what the battle was called. I can't remember. But but. (laughs) between Indians and pilgrims basically. And there's so much weird stuff that's happened within that area is that something that you have you ever investigated anything in the Bridgewater? I haven't, but it is kind of in my backyard, so I'm sure I'll be out there eventually. I've heard so many stories, and you know, a lot of my friends they go out there all the time. They did a documentary on it and stuff, and so I'm sure I'll end up out there at some point, but hopefully not in like the winter. So it's, yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of it, it, if people are like you said, if like the hospital in Louisville where there's 38,000 people dying or this Bridgewater Triangle where 5,000 people died. If a lot of people have died, this more apt to be kind of a, a, mag, a magnet for, for ghost activity. I think so. I mean, I just think that the odds are, you know, a few of them stayed behind because there's so, you know, so many people have passed away there. Um, and so I think that's probably why some of those places are a lot more active. Uh, sometimes we end up in places like asylums, And that, in those cases, you know, you're dealing with entities that uh, may have had some sort of mental illness. And so they're very confused and they don't know, you know, maybe that's why they stay behind more there. So, so many theories. Uh, Who knows, really? I mean, it's just sometimes you walk into places and there's no recorded deaths, but there's ghosts there. Mm. So how does that happen? Like you said, randomly, too, it's nurses or it's children or Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the, 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 the guy who did the murdering. But it's not like it's just one set qualification to no, be a ghost no i mean and and many times they want to talk to you you know they if you think about it, some of these places have been abandoned for decades or nobody goes there anymore and so you walk in and they're like oh my gosh company you know they're excited um and so you have to wonder what what are they doing in between like mm. are they just i that's, those are all these are the things that keep me up at night <laughs> <laughs> well most of the people that are calling for ghost centers so you said they would they would call and, and, and pitch you like i've got a ghost what what's the end game like what do they want out of this well i think the biggest thing that we can do i mean i still obviously um though i'm not on the show i still investigate a lot and so my my goal was especially initially is to kind of educate the the person who's having the issue in their house and kind of teach them how to go on with this in their house and how to deal with it Uh, but then also over time 
my goal has become kind of to help these ghosts as well, you know, try to give them answers or closure. You know, I don't really believe in crossing things over. A lot of psychics and stuff say they're going to do that. And I've seen them do it. And then I come back a week later and that same ghost is still there. Crossing over is in sending them. Yeah. Sending them to the light or, you know, and, and I don't really have a lot of faith in that. So the end game, I mean, what I really like to do is make investigations case studies. And I always encourage people, if they think they have a haunting, to constant, you know, keep a journal. Find out, you know, when, when activity happens, you know, what's the lunar phase? What's the temperature outside? You know, what season is it? You know, what time of day is it? So that you can kind of see, you know, when things happen more often. And just so you just kind of have a, a document of all of this and what's going on and see what seems to make it better or worse. And all that's helpful. I mean, I'm not sure for what ultimately, mm. but it is. It really is. So that's the best thing. And a lot of teams do case studies rather than just go in for a night, which is what you see on a lot of the shows. The ideal uh, situation is to go back repeatedly and investigate over and over and over again. So not that everybody has that kind of time, but even people who think they have ghosts, they can do that on their own in their house. You know? But you feel that the ghosts are staying there there's really no they're not going anywhere sometimes they leave mm. i don't know where they go but sometimes they leave and uh, i've had it happen a few times where like my old house you know we left and they left mm. so who knows what's keeping them around i mean these are answers we hope to have one day i mean we will all of us eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know while we're alive would be nice the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand talk is jericho Paranormal investigator Amy Bruni is sitting here, and we were talking about your experiences on the Ghost Hunter TV show. Did you ever have any cases where a person was being haunted or visited by a member of their own family? Oh yeah, that happens a lot, and I I think that I think that some it does seem like relatives can pop in and out sometimes. You know, mm. sometimes you just get that feeling that someone's there. Like my grandfather passed away. Um, you know, a long time ago, but I, I don't feel like he's haunting anyone per se, but every once in a while I have an especially vivid dream about him or I'll smell him, you know, and I just wonder, is that him just kind of saying hi and checking in? So, I mean, I, maybe they're capable of that too. I like to think that they're capable of that. Is there, was there any shows where that happened on Ghost Hunters or like an old husband that she was married (laughs) to for 50 years or something? Yeah. I mean, I know we had one case where it was someone's daughter, um, where she was pretty sure she was coming to visit and we we've got an evp where people swear that it is their relative's voice so, so you're actually hearing a voice mm-hmm. it's not just like a, a mumbled oh blah, no blah, blah. i mean that happens too but mm. sometimes you hear a voice just clear as day and and sometimes you know even when we're using some of our devices like that spirit box i said these voices will come through and relatives will swear up and down they know exactly who it is and and you'd think they would know. So, and, and even if it isn't, sometimes it gives them enough comfort that, mm. you know, you just kind of go, well, if it was, it was. And if not, let's, you know, let them have it either way. You mentioned dreams as well. I mean, I, I've had that before where people who have passed away have come and, 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 like you said, vivid dreams. Yeah. 
And is that is that a way that ghosts reach out to you? I think so. And I, I mean, I think so only from my personal experiences. I mean, I mean, none of it's concrete. It's all theory, really, in the end. But like for my grant with my grandfather, for instance, you know, I was having a really tough time after he passed away. And probably three months after I had this very vivid dream um, the last time he and I had hung out, I had taken him to go see Andre Agassi play and in his car, and he had put in an ABBA CD, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Grandpa, you're listening to ABBA? Like, what is going on?" Or, and uh, and so I had this very vivid dream that we were driving in his car and that we were on the way to that match, and you know, ABBA was playing in the background. And it just seemed totally normal. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, this isn't real. He's dead. Like, and I looked at him and I just started crying. I was like, no, you're, you're dead. This can't be happening. And he just looked at me and he had the calmest look in his eyes. And he just was like, I'm all right. I'm okay. You don't have to worry about me. I'm fine. And it was so comforting. I remember waking up and being like, okay, he's fine. He's okay. He's still around. Like, I just, it was everything I needed. And so I, you know, I like to think that was him. Well, you know, it could just be a subconscious thing for us, but I, I, found, I think so too. It but could. I found in cases when it's happened, it has been more vivid. And that's what it seemed. It seemed so real. It was just normal day to day, like taking a ride in a car of all things. You know, I mean, obviously we dream about all sorts of things, but you know, my dreams kind of are bits and pieces a lot, but this was a full, long, like, memory, and I can still remember it, and it was years ago. Many times my dreams just kind of fly off into mm-hmm. God knows where, but... What was the uh, some of the scariest moments that you've had? I know you don't get scared, but I mean, was oh, yeah. it, I'm sure there's been some scary moments where other people did. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've had, I've definitely had some, like, disconcerting moments. One of the weirdest things that can happen for me that always catches me off guard is when they talk out loud. Um, I had... I was in a, a, a residence years ago, and this voice just kind of happened right next to me. And, and it's just your body reacts because it's so unnatural to have a voice come out of literally thin air. And it's usually coming from where a mouth would be. And I remember this voice was just very gravelly and it said, help me. Like, And it was, it just scared the crap out of me for some reason because it was so close to me. And that happened again. Um, I was in a, an old... Uh, hotel in Missouri and this thing just sighed in my ear and it just sounded so I don't know it just sounded he was it didn't sound nice it was it sounded like it was trying to scare me and and it was weird because our my mic picked it up too when we were you know we were filming and I listened and it was like right next to my microphone so it was Mm. that close to me and it just gave me this creepy hair on the back of my neck like oh but um but yeah, I've had those things like that. That stuff scares me, and um, you know. Well, but- I mean, that's just. I mean, that's that's common sense. It's going to scare you because even if it's dark or, or you know you hear a, you know a banging pot or a scream yeah. or a yell, like anything like that, it startles you. Yeah, I mean, I was in an asylum once, the Penhurst Asylum, actually in in uh, Pennsylvania, and you know, Adam and I, my partner on the show, are walking down this hallway. This is actually on live television. <laughs> um, I dropped an f bomb on live TV, wow. but yeah, so one of my finer moments. <laughs> but uh, we're walking down this big hallway, and we hear something in this room scratching and just banging on these wall on the walls. And I'm thinking there's a dog, a raccoon. Like this isn't. This has to be an animal. Like what is this thing? And so I'm terrified because I think I'm gonna like have my face eaten off by this thing. It sounded rabid. And and so we get back into this room. We very slowly get in there, and up until right when we're outside the door, we hear this thing just scratching, and it was so loud. 
and we opened the door and there is nothing there, nothing. And, and it was, I looked and looked, there was one little closet in the room. So I had that moment too, where I'm like opening the closet and there's nothing there. I had a thermal imaging camera of all things. So I could look, there's no animals in the walls. Like you can see them. Mm. So actually, you know, sometimes that thing's very helpful. I have no idea what that was. And for it to be so loud and so angry, you would, the the noise it was making, you would expect to see huge like claw marks down the wall. There's nothing. It was so crazy. When did you drop the F-bomb? Uh, I dropped the F-bomb when we first started hearing it. It was actually awful because you know how they wear their little IFBs in their ears? I could hear the producers screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Did it startle you? Yeah. Yeah. It just startled me. That's when I, anything startles me. I'm I'm so jumpy. (laughs) (laughs) How did you do a live episode of the show? Well, we did every Halloween. We would do a live ghost time for a few years. I mean, I think we did it for like four or five years. And so we'd go, we'd pick like a really scary place. And it was it, the people who filmed this were the same people that do like sports broadcasts and live broadcasts. And so they were like, what the hell are we doing here? This is the weirdest thing. It's just silent, like watching people climb around in the dark looking for nothing. Uh, and it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun, you know, that we had actually we had wrestlers on. The Miz was on with us once oh, really? for a live show. Yeah. So is this yeah. like an hour long show? It was six hours. Six hours. Six so, okay. hours. So like I told you, 99% of the time, nothing happens. And so imagine being on TV with nothing happening. For- Did the Miz see anything? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I honestly, it was so funny because he ended up. The producers kind of made him go sit in the trailer at some point because Why? he was just he was acting up and being crazy, and so he oh, ended he up was, in the he, he was being obnoxious he was being, is what he was doing I, probably. <laughs> and so he actually I saw him like a year later, and he apologized to me. That's <laughs> what so, the ghost day wakes is too loud. They're like we don't want to deal with this guy; he's too loud. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was too funny, but we've actually remained friends. But yeah, why, that was why was the Miz on? They we would have a wrestler on oh, every year. We had uh, we had CM Punk on, uh-huh. and we had Kofi. Kingston, I think, on. Yeah, yeah and um, I think those were the three we had in a row. I feel like there's somebody I'm missing. So was any, did any of those guys say anything you recall? Oh, my gosh. You have to look up the or the, the video of Kofi. Did you ever have like problems with the cameraman or producers or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. One of our camera operators, a uh, an audio guy, had his audio bag like thrown up into his face. And, you know, those things are like 30 pounds and mm-hmm. that thing. And it's on camera. It just flies up and hits him in the face. He falls backwards. Uh, this was before I started on the show, but it's it's a pretty legendary moment in Ghost Hunter's history, and um, and this was actually at the New Bedford Armory, which is you know very near where I live now, but it's burned burned down or something. But he uh, he didn't he didn't recover. Like he he was on the ground for a good forty five minutes. You can Got see him. just tears. Like he was wow. just in shock. And uh, he ended up, he finished out the last couple episodes and didn't come back. Yeah, he was done. He was done. That doesn't happen very often. Like, I mean, I've had things move. I've had things thrown at me, but I, nothing like that heavy. So... Well, I mean, I mean, I I assume you know what you're getting into when you sign up for that, but you're probably, you know, as as a camera guy or audio guy, you're probably, this is all bullshit anyway. They totally think that. Yeah, and then they have their come to Jesus moment where they're like, oh, wow, this is legit. (laughs) You know, they know, (laughs) and and it's satisfying, but then sometimes they're really scared. You feel kind of bad. How about for you? Uh, what, what, What do you call yourself? What do you mean? Like an investigator? Ghost investigator? Yeah, a paranormal paranormal investigator. investigator, yeah. So do, do people sometimes think you're nuts? 
Oh, they always do. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where you almost don't mention what you do. Yeah. You know, when I'm on like an airplane or something, I never tell anybody what I do. I mean, I'm sure you understand. Same like, thing. You yeah. know, because you know, once they find out, the questions are going to start. I had one woman who started reading me Bible verses on the plane, like telling me how I was going to go to hell and that I was actually dealing with demons and there's no such thing as ghosts. And, you know, so I just keep it to myself a lot of the time or, you know, dinner parties are always awkward. And <laughs> so. Yeah. If you go to a paranormal convention, you're like the queen yeah it's uh, like my place to be you know <laughs> how is it you said that you have a boyfriend yeah it, is yeah. it a long time boyfriend yeah i was yeah. just gonna say I, i'm wondering it'd probably be hard if you were just kind of dating people and you know what do you yeah, do and probably no. run screaming as you're hearing all of this stuff he doesn't believe any of it he's never even seen an episode of ghost hunters like he just doesn't care doesn't, doesn't it's just you. yeah it's not his thing at all so it's actually nice because i can come home and i know he's not gonna like ask me all about everything <laughs> <laughs> so you leave work at the office yes yes and what do you, and what do you have your own uh, uh, investigation company now? Yeah, or? well, you know, I started. Uh, I really, obviously, like ghosts, mm. and I like traveling, and so I started a company called Strange Escapes, where basically I plan these kind of paranormal getaways for people, and we go to a lot of these really haunted places, and we spend the weekend, and we all investigate together. I have lectures, and uh, we have like parties, and it, it's really fun, you know. So that's. I kind of put my things together, and uh, I can bring my daughter with me and stuff. So it just all works out. And I do. Has a she ever of seen a ghost? I don't know. I feel. I always wonder. I hope I'm not screwing her up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this poor kid. <laughs> but she's been to a lot of really interesting places. Her uh, her first birthday party was at the Dark Shadows Mansion in Newport, Rhode Island. You know, she's <laughs> she's gonna have a really interesting childhood. So. So, and this is this is what you do. You don't have any other job. No, no. You okay. know, I I obviously do like a lot of appearances and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Strange Escapes, it's kind of my baby. Um, I really I just want a place for people to go who like ghosts, and you know they can come to these events, and uh, you know they're usually one or two hundred people, and they all just you know all like ghosts. They don't have to worry about anybody judging anybody. We can learn a lot. And I usually take these people who are casual paranormal enthusiasts and then turn them into, you know, they get to learn so much about what we do and how, you know, the history of it and, you know, what's involved and what's entailed. And these, I mean, they follow these events around. Right, like, it's kind of like a, like, like, like a holiday. Like let's go it to the is. Ghost, the ghost hunt. And yeah. people probably go around the country looking for all the places. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we have one at the Stanley, we have them at the Stanley hotel and we do like the mount washington resort i always try to pick like really nice places <laughs> we can relax and <laughs> you know um i'm trying to think we have uh, oh we have a cruise next year leaving from new orleans where we're all going on a cruise well, how do you know that is it, how do you know it's going to be a haunted cruise ship well we're stopping in like uh, some places okay. in mexico and stuff that's these ruins that are supposedly haunted but mostly you know we're doing lectures and stuff during the day and we're doing ghost stuff in new orleans the night before so so doing doing just thinking about the the cruise ship or even your show if if you're filming and there's nothing there do you just leave or do you like bang the wall a couple times and try and get something oh, going? Oh, no. Or? You always try. You yeah. know, you always try to get something to interact. But if nothing happens, it's just that's kind of par for the course. That's what happens, mm-hmm. you know, in this when you're an investigator, you get used to nothing happening. Uh, the, the tough thing is when you're on a show, you have to be entertaining <laughs> when nothing is happening. So, uh, you know, you end up doing goofy things and stuff. And <laughs> What do you think about like... I just saw the picture yesterday of uh, Chris Hemsworth in the Ghostbusters costume. Yeah, like you know, obviously thirty years ago, Ghostbusters was the big thing. Is something like Ghostbusters the movie? Does that help you, or does that kind of make it seem a little bit goofy to uh, to the people um, that don't believe, anyways? Or 
you know, Ghostbusters, like the original is, you know, every paranormal investigator is obsessed with that movie. And I actually was hanging out with Ernie Hudson last nice. week. Yeah. And so, um, but it's, uh, I think it helps in a way. I mean, it's, we're easy to make fun of. If you're going to be an investigator and think that no one's going to make fun of you, then you should probably not be an investigator mm-hmm. because it's, it, we're easy targets. I mean, even down to the equipment we use, it's kind of, some of it's ridiculous and we're using flashlights to talk to things and stuff, you know, so it's funny. You have to be able to poke fun. Was any of the equipment that they were using any close to being legit well now i mean you think like uh they were using the pke meter or whatever they were using in yeah, ghostbusters yeah. and now people are using emf detectors and just oh, it's very similar i mean we haven't invented uh the uh you know the ghost trap yet where you can just throw it in a <laughs> right. box but the, 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 <laughs> the proton packs, proton packs <laughs> yeah, the crossing the streams yeah. yes no last question if you had to choose like the the most memorable experience that you had that, that something you haven't mentioned yet in all your years of checking out ghosts and looking for ghosts or the strangest experience leave us with one last one last recollection um i would say when i was i investigated pregnant for you know until i was like seven or eight months pregnant so uh i remember investigating at the old city jail in uh this is in uh north carolina i believe i can't remember exactly where it was but uh we were in a place where i was upstairs and I was investigating with uh, another uh, person on the, the team. And right then I, I felt like this warm feeling around my legs. And it felt like, like I was saying earlier, like something hugging me. And um, I wasn't sure what it was, but now I realized what that feeling is because I have a daughter, you know, and she's three and that's what she does to me constantly. She has her arms around my legs. And I know now that that was a, a little child perhaps, you know, hugging my legs. And so I... I let the team know this happened and I went downstairs and one of our producers said to me, and you know, producers are meant to like get a reaction out of you. And so I'm like, you know, four months pregnant, totally hormonal. And she says, you know, did you know that, uh, that room where you felt that child hugging your legs or something small hugging your legs, that is where they would throw the families of the inmates and children died in that room and built babies were stillborn in that room. And, uh, I had no idea any of this happened and I just started crying and I was like, please stop the cameras, stop the cameras. And right then our producer got scratched and then she continued to get scratched all night, all over her entire Dang. body. Like it was, it was like attacking her. It, and I almost felt like whatever was there was angry that she had upset me or brought that up. And, and so then I actually got home you know, I, I flew home, the, you know, a couple of days later and I was upstairs in my bathroom and I saw this little shadow go running down my hallway. And my house was built in like 1989. It is not, you know, um, and I see this little shadow go running down the hallway and I'm like, oh, crap, I brought something home, you know, and. And this thing continued to, you know, I, I guess uh, the next week I went back out on the road and I get a text from our housekeeper and she's like, Amy, I just saw a shadow upstairs. <laughs> and so this little kid ghost, I think, followed me home for a while and like hung out at my house. And even my boyfriend saw it and he doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And he was like, did you bring something home with you? So uh, that was a that that experience sticks with me just because one just the idea of a child, you know, following me and stuff. But two, just that something could get so angry and then take it out on someone like that right. and continue to do so. She she left. She came back once and started scratching her again. 
And so she that just I think that changed her changed her life. And it was on the show and everything. And you could see them just appearing on her. They were very angry. So that's incredible. Yeah. You know, wild. maybe it felt some kind of a kindred kindred spirit, no pun intended, with you because you were uh, pregnant. Maybe and you're about to be a mom. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, it was yeah. wild. It was wild. Wow, lots of stuff to think about here uh, at the Halloween season. Uh, what do you do when ghosts come to your door yeah. for trick or treat? Uh, well, laugh at them. Laugh. Ah, yeah, you know you're not scary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thanks. All right, so you heard Amy say that Kofi Kingston was on a special Halloween live edition of the Ghost Hunters TV show, uh, and they actually experienced something. He actually saw something. Well, I tracked down Kofi uh, at a show in Rochester, New York, a few months ago, and Kofi told me the story about how scared he was. He had actual goosebumps on his arm when he told me the story. Whatever he thought he saw, he believes he saw. He actually saw. And I'll tell you this, it's almost as good as my True Car experience. How's that for a segue? Have you guys checked out True Car? You want to talk about spiritual activity from out beyond this world? True Car and the True Car website, truecar.com, is totally beyond this world if you're going to buy a new car. This is the way to do it. People, I'm telling you, it don't get any easier than True Car and the True Car app. I've been using this app to decide what kind of a car to buy for the last few weeks. I need to buy a new car, and the True Car app has let me check out the prices on the make and model of car I want so I can see what everything costs and how much people who live around me paid for the exact same vehicle. Listen, I don't want to spend hours down at the dealership searching for the exact car I want, haggling over the price with the sales guy. I don't want to fend off the unnecessary extras they try and make you buy, like the protective coat, the true coat, the scratch buffers. Ah, you need that true coat? Asked uh, Jerry Lundergaard, is going to try and sell me the true coat? Ain't going to do it. Nagada, nagada. Uh, true Car has created a mobile app that makes buying a new car simple and fun, really easy, easy to use. All you got to do is download the True Car app, and in five minutos, you can create the car you want, choose the make, model, special features, even the color. And once you have your specs filled out, you can see what others paid for the exact same car. That's what I've been doing. Searching the kind of car I want with the certain features I want and seeing it's available even in the color I want. And when I say you find out what others paid for the car you want, I mean people who actually live in your neighborhood and are buying the cars from the same dealer you might go to. Once you see what other people paid for that car, you lock in the guaranteed savings from the True Car certified dealers in your area. Get this. You will save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. That's huge savings. You print out your guaranteed savings certificate. You take it to the True Car certified dealer. You get your car. No hassles, no haggling, no headaches, no hours and hours of wasted time. True Car really makes it that easy. They got an app for everything else these days, but how many actually save you a serious chunk of change like $3,000? Only True Car. Do the smart thing. Download the True Car app. Save time, save money. Save us, Y2J and never overpay. Download the True Car app and do it today. All right, so um, I wanted to talk to you, Kofi, because we just had Amy, and she was telling me the story about when you were on Ghost Hunters and yes. said that you freaked out and had a really crazy experience. So I yes. thought it'd be cool to hear it from your words after she's now finished. Yeah, definitely a little, uh, little addition. To yeah, a little addition, story. yeah. Uh, so tell me, how, how, what happened? How did you end up on the show in the first well, place? Well, first off, I mean, let me back up a little bit. Sure. Like, I have always been intrigued by, like, paranormal things, you know, 
in middle school, I think like all my projects either involved like the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot or aliens or you know ghosts or whatever. So did you know I have a Loch Ness monster tattooed on my forearm? Really? Yeah, with Paul Stanley makeup. I'm the same. Oh, I'm the same. see, yeah. there it is. But um, so you know, we always get like uh, we never quite get to choose what we do. You know, they'll always come to us and be like, "Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that?" So when, they, when the company asks you well, to go yeah. do some outside thing, yeah. right? So they came up to me and they're like, "Hey, we got this uh, Ghost Hunters deal." And of course, I had seen the show. And on Halloween, they do like a live edition. You know, so it was like a live Ghost Hunters deal. Uh, it was in Buffalo. Ironically, we were uh, just there. We're going there. Yeah. Um, so um, it was at the. Uh, what was it the uh, the terminal uh, like the central terminal or whatever it's called? You in, know, in Buffalo. In Buffalo, yeah. So it's like a, a reportedly it's, very haunted place. Yes. So I guess the story is that like it used to be this you know big terminal deal, and uh, the guy who owned it actually like lived there. So he was trying to like. Uh, either make it into like an apartment complex where people would live but it didn't work out he turned it into like a terminal but he ended up living there so for whatever reason it got like abandoned and sure enough there's all these like stories of people going they have like tours every year and um, so the guy I guess like some things that people see are like the guy walking around with like his dog and this and that you know Uh, so when they asked me to do the show I was like stoked about it and you know I had no idea about like what this terminal was but it was really really creepy like we pulled up like they had the outside lit and it was like completely dark like everywhere cold you know halloween october and um so uh like i go in and um they're doing all these like call and response things so they'll like knock and then listen and then you hear like knocking and stuff back really you know yeah so nobody up there no not at all you know so it's like just all this crazy stuff and um the cool thing uh that i actually never told them was uh so we're going to like the guy's apartment like the wing so the cameras like already up ahead and they're trying to like get a shot of me like walking in and i was like dragging behind everybody and there's this room and i see these like flashing lights and i'm like oh what the hell was that i'm like oh it's probably just like the cars outside you know like a car driving by or whatever so you know we go into like the guy's apartment then we start doing like all like the knocking tests and this and that and uh you know we start like hearing things uh and then it wasn't until after like the show was done i was about to leave and i'm like you know I, I didn't really see any, like, ghosts per se, but, like, what do people normally see? And they're like, oh, well, you know, there's, like, flashing lights and, like, this and that. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, wow. I saw what people saw. And, like, I had no idea what it was, you know? So, like, I got to say, I'm getting goosebumps even, like, thinking about it. I can see you like, goosebumps on your arms. It, it was, it was uh, just so bizarre because, you know, you hear about people going to you know seeing like ghosts and they'll see like these apparitions and figures of people which they actually did see like they went back and did like a uh analysis of all the footage and stuff like that it's actually online and there are like these uh like heat signals from when you were there yeah that same night they had a bunch of like uh quote-unquote celebs (laughs) there you know Um, who else was there with you uh who else there was a guy from uh well one one of the women from uh fact or faked Mm -hmm. which i actually went on to like a little bit later to build stonehenge which is a different story (laughs) but um he was there um then there was a woman from um one of the shows on there uh being human i believe so So, yeah just about yeah yeah yeah. so uh and we've had like several wwe guys on there and biz was on it it. actually so the first thing that i thought when i got there was uh if you go back and watch elijah burke on it Uh there's a like a classic scene of him seeing something and then just like taking off down the hall like running (laughs) and i'm like there's no way i'm gonna look like elijah and get scared and just get caught like taking off running down the hallway but um yeah, so there was a bunch of other people there, and uh, everyone, like, well, for the most part, like, everyone saw or heard something, you know? So what are you feeling when you go in there? Does it feel different? It was or? just, yeah, there's, like, a, just a presence. I don't know how to really describe it, but, like, you feel 
energy. Like I'm a big believer in just like energy. You know, you can talk to somebody and get like a bad vibe off them or whatever. You know, oh, this guy's got bad energy. But you walk in there and it's just like, I mean, it was very cold. And, you know, obviously mm. part of it was that it was in October and there's no heat or in lights Buffalo, or anything yeah. in there and in Buffalo. But at the same time, like it was just uh just this just a creepy feeling Uneasy. like yeah you felt like you felt like there were more people there than were actually there you know wow. so yeah it was really just uh you know just an experience you know so when you saw those flashing lights like what do you think that is i don't know i i really like i i have no idea because it didn't seem like anything i legit thought it was again just mm like high beams, you know, and then like thinking about it now, there's no way that it could have been high beams because there was no like windows or whatever for light to pass through and to be seen, you know? So, um, it's just, it's crazy. And I wonder what would have happened had we gone into that room and then started doing like all the readings and things like that. Because Mm -hmm. again, it was just like, just these flashes where I'm just like, Oh, okay. It's, Whatever, and just kept walking. But but you know you saw something weird because I could see just by the yeah. goosebumps. That's <laughs> yeah, real. Still, yeah, you can't man. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. ask you a quick question. You mentioned about Stonehenge. You did something for another show. Did you yeah. actually go to England? No, no, oh, no. Okay. We we actually went to like some uh, town in um in Michigan where some guy um built a Stonehenge like by himself, and the whole thing with Stonehenge is like, oh, is it built by aliens? Well, humans back then could never do it, and he figured out a way to actually do it like by himself with this uh, Herodotus machine and like, it, it, you know, these just ways to like, uh, they, they take these like, uh, I think the, the stones weigh like maybe like a ton or like half a ton or something like that, you know, something that one man should not be able to move, mm-hmm. but by putting like a fulcrum in the middle and like carefully like tilting it one way, putting a piece of wood underneath, tilting it another way, put another piece on the other side. You can raise it all the way up. And this guy did it like by himself. Oh. So he, he, you know, he kind of like debunked the myth per Proved se. that you can you know, actually build that, Stonehenge as a human. That it can be done. Wow. You know, so yeah, which is pretty interesting. interesting too. Yeah. Did you think Stonehenge was legit, something strange? I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like humans are pretty remarkable, even uh, though we think that we're so technologically advanced. Um, People back in the day could do some pretty incredible things as well, you know, things that we can't really imagine doing because we have, it's so easy for us to, you know, to flick on a light switch and all of a sudden there's a light, you know, why would somebody be able to, you know, rub sticks together and make a fire? Like, you know, for me to think about doing that is is almost impossible, but it's obviously been done, you know, so I think um, something like Stonehenge, the pyramids, I think uh, obviously took a very, yeah, yeah, you know, I think it took a long time to make, Mm -hmm. but um it is definitely possible. It's just we can't imagine the amount of time and like people are born into you know uh, servitude to build these things, the and that's where they die. That's that's your life. Yeah. That's your life. You know, and like just and probably some kind of, generations. of ancient technology of how to build the stuff that we that has been lost. Yeah. So we don't really sure. know how they did it because, sure. like you said, it's disappeared. Yeah. So you really you just just to finish up, you said you really have always been into paranormal type stuff. Absolutely. What's man. your forte? I, I uh, Loch Ness Monster was my good was my was the best one for me, and we got to go to like uh, to Scotland to see it. You know, for you came with us at time. Yeah, that's yeah. oh yeah yeah we're on the oh, same tour the right? Bus, right? Yeah, yeah yeah we went on the bus and then on like the boat and then like yeah. went around. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> Didn't find the thing him. About that was the, that that lake was so choppy and so big. Yeah, you know you could probably see a lot of stuff in there, but it's just a very dismal place. I can yeah. see why you would come up with something like something's in here because oh yeah, it's a creepy area just to begin with. Yeah yeah absolutely, and then obviously knowing what we know today about like. Like, you know, the dinosaurs and things like that. Like, I think a lot of uh, these sightings could have possibly happened when you had, like, the last, you know, mm-hmm. uh, prehistoric being. Maybe yeah. you saw it, you know, and he could be at the very bottom of the lake or, the, uh, you know, like the lock or, 
You just you have my, no my idea. My son watches this show called um, River Monsters. Okay. And it's this guy who goes around the world and finds weird giant fish and kind of looks into some myths and finds real crazy things. You sure. know, like catfish that eat people. Right, right, like that. right. So he did a thing about the Loch Ness Monster where it took him through this journey from the Loch because it's connected to the yeah. ocean, to Iceland, to all these different places. And basically, I can't remember what the name of the shark is. My son will know. But there's a, there's a shark that hangs out at the bottom of the, of the, of the lake. It's a bottom dweller. Mm. And it's long and it's fat and it's thick and it fits all of the real sightings. Not the imagination ones, right, which are right. plesiosaurs and stuff. Sure. And they were saying that he thinks it's this gar shark or whatever it may be that maybe comes up from the bottom and it's very big and wide and yeah. then goes down again. Right. Which technically, it's still a monster. We yeah. don't know what it is. Of course. So of course. is it the, you know, the, what we think of like this dinosaur? Is it just some weird fish? Could this, very well be. So, yeah, that, especially like the bottom of the sea, like there's so much stuff that we can't even imagine. Right. Like some of the videos that you, that you see online of like, you know, even like uh, these uh, like octopus type squid Mm -hmm. like a giant squid squid. if you were to see that in real life like you would freak out you know like of course like why wouldn't you you know it's the same thing it can kill you yeah of course of course right 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 creature or not right yeah so there you go man you've actually seen a ghost so (laughs) pretty scared about that yeah (laughs) don't leave now we haven't made you for dinner yet Kofi Kingston has had a close encounter with some kind of spirit of ghost. We just heard all about it. He had goosebumps as he told us that uh, story. If you want to check out that Ghost Hunters episode, it's on YouTube. Go see how scared Kofi was uh, that night and what he actually saw. And if you want to have, try and have a supernatural experience of your own, hit up Amy Bruni. Okay, She does guided trips of haunted places and spaces. You can check it out and sign up at strange-escapes.com. Strange-escapes.com. She takes groups investigating all all over the United States. A couple of the escapes you can sign up for next year are the Ghosts of the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. That's the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Lots of ghosts in there. How about a great investigation at sea? You start in New Orleans, then board a cruise ship to explore the Western Caribbean. So if a strange escape sounds like a way to spend a vacation, sign up with Amy Bruni at strange-escapes.com. Go to the hotel, go to sea. I'm going to see this weekend. Now, that's a good segue. I'm going with the Kiss Navy, though. No ghosts there. Uh, there'll be a demon, a star child, a cat man, and a spaceman. That's the Kiss Cruise. Fozzie, Steel Panther, Kiss. It's going to be huge going from Miami to Jamaica. Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahamas. Oh, yeah, people! Peter Chris on the drums! Uh, there's no Peter Chris on the on the trip, but I just love saying that. Kiss will be playing alive in its entirety. I will give you on the spot report, even doing a special podcast live from the Kiss Cruise with a special guest. It's going to be an official live Kiss Cruise talk as Jericho with one of the most, uh, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's going to be a very special guest who has not been on this show before. All right, then after the Kiss Cruise, I head over to London. I'm hosting the Classic Rock Awards at the London Roundhouse November 11th. Come on down check it out one of the biggest most prestigious award shows in rock and roll today then cinder block party 
heads to Europe and the UK, Fozzy Nonpoint Sumo Psycho. We start November 13th in Rotterdam, head through Vienna, Hamburg, Berlin, Cologne, France, Luxembourg, London, November 26th at the Islington Academy, Manchester, Southampton, Birmingham, Newcastle, Nottingham, Sheffield, Wales. So many shows, so much rock and roll. I can just feel it. How much maximum rockicity do you need? Come on down, check it out. Go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket, gig, venue information, VIP information. Listen, I want you to come hang out with me. I go to every VIP Fozzy meet and greet. We hang out. We throw down. We take it downtown to Chinatown. You want to see a sound check? You come see Fozzy uh, live. Do the VIP package. We'll see you there. Uh, thanks for coming to rock with us. And thanks for listening to me here. All the Talk is Jericho supporters, the guys who download Talk is Jericho for twice a week for free. I'm going to do this in a vampire voice. Uh, you're able to do this with the great Talk is Jericho sponsors. Ah, ah, ah. Naturebox.com. Use my promo code to have the snacks delivered right to your front door. How about BraffKings.com? Use my promo code Y2J to play for free. I want to suck your blood. I want to do some exercises with DDP Yoga. Change your life at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. True Car Amazon, of course, is the easiest way to support the podcast. All right, I can't do that anymore. Big thanks to all of you who use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links. Whenever you do any online shopping, I got the links in the USA, in the UK, the Canada A. You can find them all by going to podcast1.com, clicking on the supporter show sponsoro banner at the top of the page, then hitting the Talk is Jericho button. Listen, go buy whatever you want. There's no extra fees or hidden charges. You just get your, your, your items. You buy what you want to buy. Amazon kicks back a few bucks to Talk is Jericho to uh, keep the light on proverbially uh, bandwidth studio space paying my amazing producer Stacy Para so many expenses here on Talk is Jericho I don't mind paying them as long as you guys are enjoying the show we got over 105 million downloads that's thanks to all of you thanks for supporting my sponsors thanks for being here and happy happy Halloween happy happy Halloween 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 happy happy Halloween Silver Shamrock if you want to see a good movie on Halloween see The House of the Devil by Ty West unbelievable horror movie one of the best have seen in years uh, it was made a few years ago it's got a very 80s 70s retro feel it's slow moving but it's very well done that is my choice for the Halloween movie go watch The House of the Devil and you will be very very scared but don't worry because I'll be back here after the Kiss Cruise next week I gotta have a great great uh, very very special guest next week check this out a few months ago, Avenged Sevenfold announced that they had uh, let go of drummer Aaron Illige and they have a new drummer. And they're announcing, M Shadows is announcing the new drummer right here on Talk is Jericho this Wednesday. Matt will be here, M will be here, and the new drummer of Avenged Sevenfold joins us. The big announcement, the biggest rock and roll band uh, in America today for this generation is announcing their new drummer live on Talk is Jericho. Avenged Sevenfold, M Shadows, and new drummer will be here. Make sure you come check it out. This is the only place you're going to hear it. I bring you the best interviews in podcasting today. I'm your boy. I'm Chris Jericho. I'm always here for you. I got you back you know i do say it with me now yeah boy yeah boy yeah boy yeah boy yeah boy yeah boy and happy happy halloween silver shamrock be safe get a lot of candy love you guys so many screams you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and friday at podcast one.com that's podcast one.com if you think that was scary come back tonight Boy, have I got something to show you.